welcome to another episode of the official catch-up. I'm Ben, and contrary to popular belief, I am not in the payroll of the Lowland League. <laughs> I'm joined by, let's see, the inside hat-wearing duo that is Chris and Moza. <laughs> Moza, the gatekeeper of non-league Scottish football on Twitter. How are you doing? I wish I got a pay rise for that, but I am good, how's you? Not bad. We're recording on a Friday, so I'm pretty happy that it's Friday. And we're also joined by the guy who should do FM and not talk about Lone League football. It's just how done. Yeah, good. I mean, I'm going to have to start wearing the hat all the time now, even when it's like summertime, because uh, I think it's become such a, I don't know what the word is, I guess, a tool, if you will, for for a uh, controversy. So, yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm just going to wear it all the time now. So. <laughs> well, that's it. If you, if you like a hat yourself, official, official catch-up snapbacks will be in the merchandise store very, very soon. <laughs> Just before we get into it, uh, check out our sponsors, The Soccer Shop Direct. Check them out on Twitter at The Soccer Shop D. Or check out their website, www.thesoccershopdirect.com, for all your team wear and football equipment needs. Well, gents, it's been a it's been a bit of a week and a half. Or in fact, a week since we last spoke. Um, obviously, the, the first thing that we've, we've seen happen is the, the vote in favour of uh, Colt teams in the Lowen League. We, um, we as a podcast seem to take a bit of a... Bit of abuse for our last episode um, because we seem to kind of agree with the idea and people were not as very pleasant, um, shall I say. Aye. Um, first thing to be perfectly clear, because we will get called up for it, is it was just an indicative vote that's passed. Um, the actual vote at the AGM is in less than two weeks now, isn't it? Um, but I don't see any way that three clubs are going to change their mind, and it would need three clubs to change their mind to stop it happening. Now. So I'm pretty ninety nine percent sure that Old Firm Colts are going to be in for a year now, uh, into the Lowland. And I mean, we've we've had the chats in the background about this. I'm not bothered about the flack that's came in because it's an emotive issue. Folk are some folk are just vehemently we don't want Colts full stop, and I respect that view. The ones that I don't get are the ones that are, oh, but it's, it's clearly not going to be a year. Oh, you can't trust them. So, well, they would need to vote on it again next year if it was going to be that way. Or, like, there's there's so many ifs and buts. You, you could use that argument for literally anything in football. It's like, oh, but it'll need just be a year. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, we all know, let's be honest, we all know the old firm's get goal in this is to get in the league too, to get in the SPFL with their goals. Um, that doesn't really have a bearing on this. I don't feel like like they they could say, "Oh, we've proven ourselves in the Lowlands, so stuck as in the SPFL." But is that going to really change clubs in League Two's viewpoint? I don't think so. Though I I don't see this having much of an influence on their, their end goal. Let's be honest, all our new fans from League Two will be pissing their pants when they go into League Two in two years' time. They're, uh, they'll get they'll get a shock when they find out that they end up in League Two. Chris, just a word on 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 that from yourself. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I think we're calling this what the aftermath. Uh, so I hope Dr. Dre doesn't sue us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, we yeah, could, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, we could we could write up uh, we could write a, a book on this escapade. To be honest, but hey, look, um, I similar to Moza. I think the last time we had the podcast, I had a bit of personal abuse. So it's uh, I, I did read something quite hilarious that, that the accusation was like, oh, we're only talking about it 
personal abuse and all this to to deflect from uh, the podcast and stuff or the decision or the proposal. And I'm thinking to myself, hold on, someone's messaged me to square go me and I'm <laughs> thinking about fucking football proposals. I don't fucking think so. It's like, what the idiot. Last time I checked, we didn't have a, a horse in the race either. Like, whether this passes exactly. or no. So, um, it's absolutely nonsense. Ah, yeah, it was, it was crazy. And I thought to myself, it's like, yeah, I'm trying to deflect away from a proposal because I'm getting... But as I said, square gold or, or the potential of that. Funny enough, the person actually deactiv- deactivated their account. But um, hey, look, um, it's a motive subject, but I don't subscribe to the the thought that that certain people caused what had happened because there was a lot of anger, uh, and I I can't directly blame certain individuals, but certainly I feel they didn't help, uh, and I, and I thought that was the most disappointing thing for me. Um, but if you think you're gonna, if you're the think I'm the type of person that's going to be uh, sort of bullied into into anything over a message on Twitter, then you've got you're you're I'm not you know you're not you've not got the right person. I've been punched in the head and in the face many a times, and I'm not threatened <laughs> by by fucking messages over Twitter. So let's get that right for for one. You know what I mean? There's a reason he looks like he does, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the half? Where's the half for a reason? And <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it. I think. Yeah, I think from from our perspective is that there was a lot of flack about we gave George an easy ride. Now, I just want to say something quite quickly on this point. What the fuck were you expect us to do? Like, we obviously we all know George, and we we are in positive favor. We're in favor of the Lowland League, which we talk about all the time. It's a it's a thing we like to champion. We couldn't come on this podcast and just be horrible with the guy. We, we invited him on. He was willing to talk to us. I don't think he did many, didn't, didn't do many media um, interviews prior to the vote on, on Monday. I know he's done a few things prior to, and after the vote rather, but I mean, I don't know what you were expecting. There's a lot of garbage getting chucked about that were, were easy, were soft, all this kind of stuff, but I don't really know. What did you expect us to do at the end of the day? But um, I thought we, the episode we did, I thought it was pretty good. It helped. Um, kind of get a lot of detail out there that perhaps wasn't aware of, of many people, or not many people knew about. So, um, a good episode, I think, for us. But I think the the treatment online has just been a bit bullshit, one, as far as I'm concerned. One thing I would add to that, Ben, is um, a lot of people were like, I think it was mainly my responses. A bit, they were saying, "Oh, oh, that's brilliant, mate," and that. But that's my general reaction because I actually thought what he said made sense. And I, I do that with a lot of people, and it's not just George. I do that with yourself, Ben. I do that with Derek. If I, if I agree with something, I'm going to be like, yeah, fair enough, you know. Um, was I satisfied with everything George said? No, but I understand, and he explained that the proposal's still in the early stages. So there were certain questions where I, I didn't feel um, I was satisfied with all the answers. But I, again, I'm appreciative of the fact that it was still at the early stages, like uh, George explained. I mean, according to social media you know we're not the we're not the gestapo we're the you know the soviet propaganda so like what what did you expect eh? i thought we actually answered uh, sorry i thought we asked um all the questions that are that that needed to be asked uh, i don't think we left anything out were we a wee bit too soft well you know that's up to for people to to um to to just to decide themselves but i don't think we're ever going to have anyone on um and just absolutely berate them or badger them if we disagree with them, because that's that's what's good about either a debate or a, a wee bit of a like a civil conversation. We're you know we're not here to like 
absolutely annihilate people because we disagree with them. We ha- we're here to hear people out, put our questions to them, uh, like we did with George, and get answers. If we're not satisfied with them, then we'll go back. But, you know, it's, it's a weird one. But, yeah, um, I, I did laugh at the, the Russian... I can't remember what the, the word used was, but the Russian propaganda thing. It's like... I, it's KGB or something that was we'll, we'll, we'll get We'll get more into it a, a wee bit later in the podcast, but it's like... I think I made it perfectly clear that I was on the fence. I said it more than once. So, uh, and there's going to be a wee bit of a swerve later as well, but, um, I mean, how how fucking clear can you get? And I'm sorry for swearing so many times, but, like, it's one of those issues that I'm becoming a motive because other people are a motive. Yeah. And when it's... I get personal abuse, then, you know, obviously I'm going to defend myself there as well, you know? This is easily the most emotive issue that's ever came up since the Lowland League was formed. Um and the thing about it is, one, we are no journalists. Mm-hmm. I'm personally quite proud of that episode. I think we did a really good job with it because obviously folk that were angry with the proposal wanted us to basically Paxman-style interview George. And that was never going to happen in this podcast. But what we did in the way we spoke to George was get more information that has never been heard. Before that podcast, nobody knew what was in that innovation paper that keeps getting talked about. Now we know it's a, an expansion of League 2 with the old firm cults in it. Um, and there's a few other details came out, like George was mentioning long-term his idea of the Lone League 2, which I feel like now that we've listened back and watched back, he is talking about us tier below the Lone League rather than East and West. Um, but these are little things that, little nuggets of information that wouldn't have came along if we'd basically sat him down, put the mastermind light on him and gone, right, speak. (laughs) (laughs) Answer for your crimes. But as Ben says, we are, like, all three of us are passionate about non-league football and we're we're passionate about the leagues and we are going to naturally do our best to promote and kind of put the league in a good light. This is slightly different as an issue, as a proposal. I deliberately took a step back in that podcast being involved with BSC Glasgow as well because I thought um, obviously I had a wee bit of inside knowledge with the kind of motivations behind it and stuff and I wasn't going to act as a cheerleader because that's what people would have probably accused but they still accused me I guess no, no it, matter. Um, it didn't matter in the end anyway you know what I mean it didn't matter in the end exactly but <laughs> I feel like we covered all bases with him um, I think reading through certain online forums confirmed that we covered most bases with him because a lot of answers were quoting timestamps in the, the YouTube video um, for answers that he gave there was very little that wasn't covered in that or in the document that leaked it so I think we did our job in that regard and it's up to people to make their own minds up but there's a line and a lot of people crossed it um, over the last few days and I'm, uh, I'm very disappointed in certain people that I thought were better than that as well, I'll leave it at that I was just going to mention the fact that I do feel, although I, the, similar to yourself that I, I kind of uh, went to as well, where I was a wee bit disappointed in a few people that, that mm. uh, I have respect for, I do feel a lot of the, the stuff was from, from SPFL fans. And uh, some of them, I don't actually think they've ever been to a Lowland League game. And it's not to say that they, they shouldn't have a say uh, either, but I think they, again, it comes back to this Rangers and Celtic thing. Uh, and there is a part of me that believes 
it is just because it's Rangers and Celtic, and there is such a, a hatred for them clubs. And I think that's where the SPFL fans come in that aren't really known to us or known to the podcast or even the league that come in and, and have similar views. But, I mean, for, for example, the you know, obviously we're, we're saying about a forum there. I mean, it was like a massive circle jerk with these people with, you know, hatred and disapprovement. It's like, what? It's like, I know you agree with each other, guys, eh? But, like, uh, come on now, eh? Like, calm it down. I mean, there's two valid reasons for fans of clubs in the SPFL to get up in arms about this. One, they're against B-team full stop because ultimately it is Rangers and Celtic who are getting a wee bit of favourable treatment. But the truth is, nobody else put their name forward for it. Um, there were background discussions as far as we're aware. Yep. Um, and I've seen Inverness Cali come up a few times because they were interested in the island a wee bit back. They were not interested this time around. So that's a, a flawed argument. Um, Aberdeen are the only club that mentioned they might have interest in it didn't they come to anything and they would have been Ireland anyway um, St Mirren or another one that I'd quote is uh, I don't know if it was Jim Goodwin or possibly their chairman but he basically said look maybe in a few years time we'd look at it but we've not got the money dinner. and I feel like that's the case for most clubs so indirectly Rangers and Celtic are getting a benefit ahead of other clubs by being the ones that have got the money to go ahead and do this for a year I get that Um and the other reason I get is they want to get into League 2 and this could be used as evidence that it works, for example. But on the other side of the coin, if Rangers and Celtic Colts finish mid-table in the Lowlands League, how can they then turn around and say we should be in League 2? Would be my counteract to that. So if they go and squish the league, I fair enough, but I don't think they will. I think they'll be mid-table. Like, it's 2002s, with the exception of one 2001. It's all you play in the squad. So Andy Firth playing for Rangers. Oh, Andy Firth can he? I haven't checked the rules. He's too old. So oh, I got it for him. Um, and they're still going to send out the boys that deserve to be at a higher level on loan to a higher level to get the experience. So it's like I genuinely don't think they'll push for the title or that. Um, we'll, we'll obviously proof will be in the pudding, but I I get the valid reasons, but at the same time. There's some absolute nonsense getting peddled as well, and it deserves to be called out. Just to have the say the final word, I think as well to remind people we are guys who do this for for free. We don't make any money out of this. We we don't do it to, to make money or it's not a job. We've all got jobs and lives and do our own thing and things like that. But it's not something. Whereas if you take an example, someone like maybe Keith Jackson, I, I'm sure he's had plenty of uh, interviews uh, with people where he's gave them an easy ride. Um, and nobody's bad in Ireland. We're just a, we're just fans of London League football in the, the day, so you can rap all your abuse right now like that. I mean, I know I joke every week about sending your abuse on Twitter, but that's fair game if you want to have a bit of a back and forth bit of banter. But some of the stuff that was getting peddled online was absolutely garbage. And um, but we'll we'll move on and we'll talk about the actual decision itself. And uh, so just to set the scene for anyone who's been in a coma for the last two weeks. Um, there was a vote in the, the Lone League uh, with the, the, the member clubs on Monday night to decide uh, whether or not Rangers Celtic Colts would get into the, the Lone League. It was voted as um, in favour with 11 teams voting uh, yes, with five teams um, rejecting it and one team in Kelly, I presume, um, abstaining. So yeah. um, what will happen next? We'll go to the AGM, I think it's in a couple of weeks' time that we'll decide if that actually happens. And as Mother alluded to earlier on, it would need three clubs to basically 
change their mind and the and the the yes vote if you like. So, um, what's your initial thoughts on the decision, Mother? First thing, the fact that eleven clubs have voted for this shows that um, all the stuff that was peddled online, there's clearly an appetite for it from what they've been told in direct representation from Rangers and Celtic, um, who both had representatives at that meeting. Um, it's not purely a money thing as much as people dress up because I keep seeing the three grand sold for three grand a silver peddled. Like, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that three grand wouldn't be enough to just sell your soul for it. Like, I think from the kind of reading between the lines, because I don't actually know this, but I reckon what they're going to use that 50 grand for is potentially getting somebody on board to do marketing and such like and help to improve the the standing, the reputation, the image of the league, um, even if they're just getting somebody to do that, say, part-time or whatever, um, it just looks like it's a budget to do things better, essentially. And the clubs will probably see some monetary benefit, either directly or indirectly, if a sponsor comes in, for example. But um, I understand it. I understand why clubs have voted for it, and I also understand why the clubs that voted against did so as well, because... Most of the clubs that have said no have had fan representation. It's told them that's not what the fans want. And they're doing basically what they've been told to do by their fan base. Bonnie Rig Rose, I think, have been an absolute standout approach in terms of straight away, what do you think? The fans said no. And then basically what they did at the meeting was they sat back. They didn't take part in the debate because they knew what they were going to vote already because the fans had told them. And they put their vote in. And I think that's absolutely the right thing that they did um, but obviously the clubs approached it differently and they've been told the merits of it, the positives and negatives they have been assured and it has been confirmed that it is a one year proposal contrary to all that nonsense um, and the further proof of that has now came out because the SFA have told the Lowlands League that you must try to get back to 16 teams after next season, which means that's basically the Colts team's gone Um and it makes sense that way. So I get it. I get why they've done it. Um, it's a few more games. Even if you get another 50 fans through the door, forget the figures of 500 that are getting bandied about. Money's money at this level. Um, you get potentially a bit more exposure. And I, like, I can understand both sides of the coin, to be honest, for the reasons clubs have voted the way they have. But it's not the the groundbreaking scandal that people think it is, it really isn't. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick you up on a point a wee bit later, Mozo, but I'll wait for it. I'll I'll, I'll keep you waiting on okay. that one. Um <laughs> I'm gonna split this up into to sort of two views because I do have two views. As I said, uh, watch that fence, Chris. And I, yeah exactly. I made it I, I I think I made it perfectly clear I was on the fence. But so here's where I stand with this uh to begin with. Um as a fan, I would have voted no. And the main reason is, is I would still rather watch Stirling Uni versus Cumbernauld Colts over, say, a Spartans versus Celtic Colts. I also have issues with the, the fact that that one of these Colts sides could potentially be top of the table come the end of the season, next season, and the Lone League would have a champion and potentially second or possibly third. Now, despite what people think, uh, the league could put forward a champion or have a champion in those positions, regardless of the Colts. And the SPFL, I don't think can stop it. I think it's been explained to George, as he said, 
about the SFA. Now, I'm not against that, and that's not the reason I don't like it. I'm just against it on the principle of it that it's, uh, from a sporting point of view, I don't think a team that's maybe second or third should be winning a, a league title, basically. Now, I don't think the Colts will bring in massive numbers like you've mentioned, uh, Derek, you know, basically through the gate. However, the accusation, again, that you've mentioned, that the clubs <laughs> that voted for this sold their soul for 3K is unfounded and, frankly, ridiculous. I mean, I think James Orr from the Cumbernauld Colts mentioned the fact that the clubs won't see this money. It's basically to secure the future of the league. I still don't believe it affects the pyramid. Uh, this is one of the things for me that we... I think we all agreed on in the last podcast because no one from the tiers below has lost out if it's for one season. And I, I firmly believe that. The East of Scotland didn't declare a champion. And as much as they say, oh, well, you know, that's not an excuse. It's one of the reasons, though. It's not an excuse, but it's in a reason. And I think they should off, regardless of the circumstances, unless teams were getting relegated in the East of Scotland, I think they should have declared the champion. However, um, the argument seems to have turned to it still affects the pyramid because a Lowland League club could potentially be re relegated because the Colts are in the league if the um, basically if the results stand. But my argument there would be the <laughs> the the majority of the Lowland League clubs are voting for that. So it's if say the only sort of team that I would probably feel sorry for is maybe Dalbiti because they didn't want it. Uh, no. But you know what I mean. If you voted for the proposal and you're fine with the terms and conditions and whatnot, where's the issue? And is it right the old firm Colts can effectively jump the queue? No, but we've mentioned it, and this is a key point. I think they're jumping the queue any, anyway, regardless of what we think. I think they'll be in the SPFL football, uh, in the SPFL before long anyway. So one season in the Lowland League, does it really affect anything because they're jumping the queue anyway? I don't think so. But that's just my point of view on, or from the, a fan's point of view. Yeah, I think a point of clarity. If it is for one year, I do not feel it threatens the integrity of the pyramid. If it's longer than a year, then it very much does. So yeah. um, on the assumption that they are just going to be there for a year and promotion and relegation happens as it, it was planned to anyway between tier five and six, I don't really think there's an argument for oh, why didn't you just call up two teams for tier six instead of the old firm goals because it'd be getting parked straight back out next summer like it's it doesn't change anything like that you could obviously say two teams in the lowland might have been relegated <laughs> instead but it's the points moot like um if this was to last longer than a year then very very different story very people different need story. to uh, just to just to add on that moza i think people need to move on to the fact that it's not as easy to pick a team now there is the majority of the East of Scotland Premier teams are licensed. We've got West of Scotland teams licensed. Whereas before, that was potentially an issue for teams coming up. Obviously, we've mm -hmm. seen it with like so Bonnie Rig, for example, who um, I'm sure I'll get into a wee bit later as well. But they, yeah, it's not easy. George said that himself in the last podcast. How how do you go about picking um, two teams? You know what I mean? But. There is a flip side to what I basically said, but I would like to obviously bring Ben in again and see if he's got any sort of thoughts on what's been said so far. Yeah, well, I think obviously I look at this from a from a tier six point of view. I think obviously being involved yeah, at that level in the West, I think for me there was a lot of a lot of negativity straight off the bat from from West teams, and I'm not trying to say this and to be to be harsh, but 
it's not as Moss said, it's not something we could we could control or, or have any influence in because we didn't have a seat at the table to even discuss it. So we can't get too upset about it because I see it doesn't affect us for one year because the leagues, both at tier six and the east and the west, didn't declare champions, like we said. And that was because we set rules at the start of the season that said if you get to a certain point in the season, then we can have a champion. And if we didn't, it would be null and void. Because we knew what happened the season before when we went to when football got stopped short and we went to PPG and all that kind of stuff and and my team got kind of papped out of the, the we weren't going to win on PPG, but you know what I mean. Talbot got the they got the points, uh, and they they were champions of the way. So the, I'm sure, like for example, the West decided that they didn't want to see that happen again, so they set the stall out very early on, and it was the absolute right thing to do. Unfortunately, football didn't happen in January or stopped in January because of um, the worsening state of, of COVID. So we can't we can't grumble because we never had a champion because we never had a, a procedure in place to allow us to put a champion in place in the first place, but I feel now, instead of being negative and kind of getting upset about it on social media, I think this is an opportunity to to galvanise together and push the Lowland League to get those promotion and relegation spots that, yeah. that we need. We've said it before, there's plenty of teams now getting licensed. We've seen, I don't know, five or six teams in the West already, pretty much every team in the East. Uh, there'll be more West teams getting licensed probably for the following season. Um I'll use George to quote his own word, ventilation is something he talks about quite a bit. Um, this is this is the opportunity to apply that pressure, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Pie and Bovel, whether it's via the, the West or East um, Committee uh, boards, for example, via the non-professional game board, whatever it is they, they, they all sit on, uh, and try and get that in place. It's not going to be in place for next year, but ultimately we want to get probably at least one team automatically promoted from the West, one team promoted automatically from the East, um, and at least two coming down, potentially even a third for for maybe a playoff against the second East. I don't know how that would work, but instead of getting too upset about it, let's go and try and apply that pressure because Josh has been out there and he said it about the ventilation and, and requiring maybe more relegation sports. If he's true to his word, I'm sure that'll be something we'll discuss at some point. Um, the AGM's in, what, two weeks' time for the, the Lowland League? Um, if I'm the, if I'm a club in the West, I want to be putting um, pressure on on them to actually go and get the the promotions and relegation that they they talk about. I agree, Ben. I actually agree with you. Um, I do think we're at a stage. <clears throat> I never always agreed, uh, but I do think we're now at the stage. I mean, we can talk about more teams getting licensed and stuff like that, but I do feel we need now at least two. <clears throat> excuse me, at least two automatic relegation. Uh, you know, at the very minimum uh, in the Lowland League, because we do have so many, amb- I know that we use this word a lot, ambitious clubs, um, but uh, yeah, there, ha- there has to be something there in terms of more ventilation. Uh, and in reality, there is obviously, you know, the Lowland League can promote, uh, relegate up to free clubs, but I think we need more automatic. Uh, similar to what, what George has said, we, we need to not be hypocrites in the sense that we're pushing the SPFL to, to get an automatic yeah. relegation and, and, and do so the same. But yeah, I agree. I actually, I think it's a good opportunity for the, the tiers to below. I, I think it's been mentioned. I think it was Kenny Young in the West of Scotland. Um, but I do, I, I'd want to see something more between all the organisations because I think what's been lost in this is the fact that um, 
they are separate organizations or separate leagues they're run by different board board members i think we need to in the future maybe look at something a wee bit more integrated in terms of the lone league the south of scotland east of scotland west of scotland um and that's another reason i don't subscribe to the the fact that a lot of people were saying about oh the money should be shared to the west of scotland east and south of scotland and i, I did make this point but if the south of scotland uh, get a league sponsor tomorrow Where's the money going? It's just going to the south of Scotland. It's not going to uh, any of the other leagues. So, so yeah, I don't, I, I don't subscribe to that that point of view either. Where it's like, oh, it should be shared between these different leagues and organisations. It's like it's nonsense. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, I think to be fair, we have been pretty consistent as a podcast and saying that there should be more relegation from the Lowland as well as going up the way, um, and. Especially now, we've basically got no junior leagues left. Everyone is in the pyramid now. The West of Scotland, to their credit, are now creating a level between that level and armies as well. And that's the final piece of the puzzle. So the time has come. Simple as that. Like, um, I had an interesting chat with uh, a, a Lowlands League club member uh, this week, I won't say who. Um, but and in his words, he basically thinks that it'll need pressure on to get it through because the idea of Turkey's no voting for Christmas. Um, like, for an AGM kind of thing to come through, a, a proposal to come through needs one club to propose and another club to support that. Um, so I think it needs people to actually put the pressure on to make it happen. And I think the next stage would be two automatic relegation spots, potentially even skipping to getting a playoff spot in there as well uh, on the bottom side. But the initial move needs it needs to go for one to two, basically, um, in terms of standard. And the other caveats can still apply for Highland and Lowland promotions, relegations, all that jazz, um, to keep the league at a, a sixteen as we go forward. But yeah, it, it has to, like, to show the commitment to the pyramid, which is a phrase I keep hearing. We have to have more relegation, on it. and if the clubs don't bring that in. They've got no right to ask for it for the SPFL. Absolutely. I think that you're spot on with that, Moza. I think um, we're desperate to see it from Lowland League to League Two. And, and obviously, League Two teams have, are doing their very, very best to, to stop that from happening. I know we've seen a lot of things happen where they've even tried to stop the, the Club 42 playoff you know, in that regard. And, um, but we can be, can be hypocrites and fight for that but not do it at the bottom of our own table and, and there's to say there's plenty of teams there that are capable of coming up and we'll, we'll make that league a, a great league and a really competitive competition because there's, there's plenty of West there's plenty of East teams there that, that are going to come up and are, are very very capable and will probably challenge near the top of the, the Lowland League so um, I mean the Lowland League is probably going to be one of the most competitive leagues in, in Scotland once once most of these West and East teams can come through in some of the um, the bottom feeders kind of drop out. So, um, like, how many times have I said recently that BSC need to get up in the next few years? Otherwise, it's going to be nigh on impossible with all the good teams coming in. It's it's that principle. And teams in the Lowland know there's a good half dozen teams know that their time is going to be finite at this level. They are going to drop down at some point, but shouldn't be scared of that. I think uh, I think that that sort of leads into my other point or a view on this Colts proposal um, because I think it's important for all of non-league as a whole 
And it's something that I think you've mentioned in, uh, in what you've said uh, earlier, Moza, and obviously something that, that George has said. But as a club, I would have voted for this proposal. And the, the main reason being is because if you Google Kelly Hearts right now, this is our champion club, a team that could potentially be playing in League Two next season. And one of the questions that is always associated with Kelly Hearts is, what league do they play in? Now, that tells me the vast majority of uh, football fans in Scotland are unaware of the non-league scene. Uh, sure, there's exceptions, particularly maybe Clyde Bank in the west of Scotland. Uh, probably in relation to the Lowland League, you'd probably have East Stollenshire and Berwick Rangers. But the question then becomes, in relation to these clubs, what happened to them? So there's still this this uh, awareness missing off, off the Lowland League. Now, I, I'm not buying into this history thing where people throw shade at the likes of Caledonian Braves or BSC because Kelly were only founded in 1975. So clubs don't need a deep history regardless of success to be known, especially nowadays on social media. And I'm going to shatter a few egos here <laughs> because where we believe non-league is is not at the level people think it is. It's a, you know We think it's up here, but it's actually down here. And I'll tell you why. Let's do a wee comparison. The SWPL, there is, I would argue, there is more viewership in the SWPL than there is in non-league. And I'm not talking about fans through the gate. I specifically mean exposure and viewership. With respect to both teams, if you ask people if they've heard of Glasgow City, not knowing anything about the SWPL, they'll likely know that's a women's team. If you ask about if people know Gala Ferradine Rovers, I, I bet less people have heard of Gala Ferradine Rovers in Glasgow City. The SPFL is on BBC Alba, BBC Sports Scotland right now. If the Colts being in the Lowland League can bring that sort of exposure, can bring a, a league sponsor and potentially a broadcast deal, the viewership will be extremely important for the future of any team below the SPFL, not just the Lowland League. Uh, there's more women teams verified on Twitter, too, by the way. Um, people will come back at me and say, oh, it's an unfair comparison because uh, the Women's League has Rangers, Celtic, Hearts, Hibs and Motherwell. Um, and I'll just say, well done, you've answered your own question. Um, <laughs> and, and regardless if you agree with what uh, Stephen Gerrard and James Tavernier said about the Rangers quotes the other day about developing players and whatnot, it's irrelevant. With this, we have... With this deal, basically, we've had two big, uh, the biggest names in Scottish football already talking about the Lowland League, and people can't see the benefits of that. You could have the greatest product in the world, and if no one's heard of it, then it means nothing. We've had so many... Uh, I know, obviously, there's been negative press as well, but the fact that we have Rangers and hopefully Celtic in the future talking about no, uh, the Lowland League, I think that's great for all in the League. And I really do, and I think... We've got to get past this idea that that what we're progressive and all this and forward thinking, and we are, I agree, but we also need the exposure and people to find out about the loan league, the clubs. I mean, I've helped, and I, I don't want to take all the credit, but certainly I've, when I first got involved, I had to do the Wikipedia, the transfer marks, yeah, the, the squads of all these teams. So that's helped improve. I think the podcast has helped improve the exposure. But what Rangers and Celtic could bring for the league is nothing, you know. We is nothing what we can do. We can't we can't open the 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 doors for the Lowland League like that they could in terms of their contact book and what they could bring. And I think that's why, as a club, 
this opportunity would have been too too uh, good to turn down for me. Pretty strong argument, in fairness, when you look at it that way. Um, well, what do you reckon, Ben? I'll let you fire in for us anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think Chris is absolutely spot on in, in what he's saying. I personally don't know an awful lot about the SWPL until it appeared on BBC uh, Scotland with the turn of the season there. And it's a highlight show. I, I make a point of recording it and watching the games um, for half an hour on a Monday afternoon or Monday lunchtime or whatever. And um, yeah, I think you're right. I think there's, there's, I think the thing about it is there's potential with the, the Lowland League. And that's probably something that harks back to the kind of old like junior days in some of these teams where you've got a kind of a kind of can't see three feet in front of you because you can just firefight and do what you can do and you're you're stuck in your ways in a lot in a lot of ways. Um so I think I think that's the thing, the key thing here is the potential. If if for example we do get a TV deal, um and I know we were presenting it, spoke to George and we're going to be in the in the present, so it's all good. Um, maybe be on the payroll, but then who knows? Nah, I'm choking this like just banter. Um, so I think if you then have a, a program on, for example, if, I presume for talking TV deals, it'll be something along the lines of of, of BBC Scotland. I don't imagine there'll be a, a kind of outpouring of, of Premier Sports, for example, coming in with a, a big lavish bit of dough um, to get us on on there and. Um, so I think that'll be a, a good thing because people people enjoy football, so they'll, they'll probably sit and watch it if it's if it's on at know, ten o'clock on a Thursday night highlights or whatever. Um, I know I do that as well. So I think we've got to think about the potential they could have. I mean, if it falls falls flat on its face and it's shit, then you can tell us told you so. But I think we've got to explore the opportunities that are there um, at the moment. The thing is, if it falls flat on its face, we've had a one year pilot yet and it didn't work, and nobody's yeah. lost anything. So. I personally don't think we'll get a TV deal um, because BBC Scotland barely shows that many championship games as it is. Um, and you're looking at League 1, League 2 and so on. I don't think Rangers and Celtic B teams will be enough of a pool to get that many games, if any, there. Um, however, if you're looking at clubs this year that have learned a hell of a lot about online streaming, and I include my own club in this, and obviously I'm slightly biased when it comes to us, uh, when when we streamed BSC versus uh, East Stirlingshire, we had 300 plus watching it. If I'm going to stream BSC versus Rangers Colts, albeit to an audience that might not all be based nearby, I'd imagine we'd get 500 plus, purely because Rangers' name's involved with it. Um, that's not necessarily the exposure that they're looking for, because Chris has quite um, accurately said that it's obviously the national exposure like yeah so many people still refer to junior football they're not aware of the changes they um they don't know who clubs like bsc for example are and we only really started getting known when the hibs game happened on bbc which kind of proves a point in a way yeah yep. um so I, it, I i get that argument from that side of things i think um it makes a hell of a lot of sense for if you're looking at the league independently on its own to get known to therefore potentially get sponsored if you're better known you're going to have a better chance of getting a sponsor it, the west of scotland's got a sponsor because these clubs are known to a degree the junior cup always had a sponsor because it was known when you've got a newer competition and newer cups they need to become known and that i get that side of things um 
But yeah, I, I don't think this be, should be seen purely through a monetary lens. Um, and I think in that regard, Chris makes a, a few really good points, but proof will be in the pudding. I don't think there'll be a TV deal, but you might see certain games broadcast, even if they're just for free online like we've done on Twitch. You could even see like BBC iPlayer shows tier 10 FA Cup games um, just on the website. Why not have that on? Just to get a wee bit of exposure that way, you know? I think the I thing... Just, sorry, mate. I, I just, just to point out with the TV deal, I disagree because in particularly about BBC Alba and BBC Sports Scotland, they're going to have games on this whole week, like throughout the week. So you're going to get your SWPL game on a Sunday on both. Then I think the Edinburgh City game is on the Monday. And then the, I think, I can't remember who it is, if it's Morton or someone, it's the championship Hi. game on Tuesday. And and the, and the rest of the week, there I think it's back to the SPFL on Wednesday. There's a game on Thursday. There's a game on Friday. Not sure about Saturday, but like it's pretty much the whole week they're going to have football. And if they're they're open to that, I know it's coming up playoff time and relegation time and promotion time, etc. But if they're open to that, I mean, BBC Sports Scotland, they're online. It's a lot easier for the likes of BBC to to uh, do, do a, something on BBC Sports Scotland than it is to actually do it on BBC Alba with the TV trucks and whatnot. So I think it is possible that we we could get coverage next season. When you look it's at possible. Well, yeah. When you look at what what like Moses just said about what the teams have been able to do, you we've seen broadcasts from um a wide range of clubs in both the East and the West and Lowland League um over the last what nine months or so. Um and the quality has been excellent. I've said it before in this podcast that the output that, that some people have been able to do from kind of pretty much getting a, a camera and a laptop and a, an internet signal has been has been excellent. And so um, I think for me it's possible and whether or not we get a, a live TV deal I think even a highlights package on, on BBC would be a would be still a win and um, it'd be up to the BBC to I'm saying BBC like they're the, the done deal but um, whichever TV company decides to take it on and uh, or can take it on in the end that, that basically they can lean on the people that are in the leagues already and to try and do something with them and make sure that the the quality is, is as good as um, you'd expect on, on the TV. But I think my point I was going to jump in before Chris spoke there was just about, we said it's not obviously not to look at it from a money to lens, but can you really begrudge the teams, some of the teams in the, in the Lowland League, if they did purely do it for money? We've had an absolute shit show of a year in terms of lost gate money for fans, hospitality, whatever else that, that some clubs have relied on to, to get to, to survive and if, for example, the difference of having your team um, in the league or not was three grand, then you're going to take the money from the Rangers and Celtic Coast deal. Let's be honest, because it might not be the only money on the table at the time, and your club needs that to survive. So, I think um, I think that's been a bit harsh about about the kind of idea that they've been sold out or um, for three K. Because um, let's be honest, if your team is put in a position to to vote. I'd be interested to see how the other teams would vote when the money's on the table and uh, and things like that. So if you can make a few bob this year, um, if it's only for a season and that helps your club in the long run because you've got three grand and maybe a couple of grand in the gate, then then great. I hope the clubs can survive, but potentially we could be looking at clubs maybe not surviving if we didn't have this kind of money. So it's not it's not the the worst thing to happen um, in terms of money. 
I think it says a lot when you look at the clubs that voted for it. wasn't just your Caledonian Braves and BSC who voted for it. Berwick Rangers and East Stirlingshire voted for it. And they're both ex-league clubs that have dropped in. So I think that that kind of renders a few points invalid in terms of, oh, it's just these new clubs with no history, with no fan base. Um, that, that's been bandied about a wee bit like Berwick surveyed their fans and voted for it. Um, Shire... I don't think Shire did a fan survey. I think they just voted for it on the basis of the uh, the presentation it was done. But it, it clearly has cut across different types of club and different sizes of club. And it's got enough support. It's not just scraped through. It's gone through pretty easily. Um, although I think the indications for Kelty are that they might turn into a no vote now um, because their fan vote is apparently quite heavily against it for what the whispers are saying, but I mean, it doesn't make any difference because they were an abstain. It's, it's basically the same as a no vote anyway. Um, they didn't vote in favour, so um, I, I can't see it changing. I think it'll just be the same vote with Kelly saying no. Alright, well, one of the other things I think has been mentioned briefly and must be touched on earlier on is, is the potential for a Lowland League 2. Mm. Um, I, I took that I took from what we, we spoke with George on Friday uh, that I I kind of got the vibe that it would be a kind of like a West East type split, but you think it's sort of different? Do you think? I think, having listened back to it and the way it was said, I think he's talking about putting an extra level below the Lowland League. Um, and the reason I'm coming to that conclusion is not just the way he said it, also the SFA have been really consistent on this issue, saying they want two feeder leagues into the SPFL, they do not want three feeder leagues into it for whatever reason. Don't know why. I keep common sense. It makes sense to the northwest east because of the dysphoria of clubs and that. But um, I I see it as an another not national league, another lowland league um, that will act as a feeder league to basically the original lowland league. It's um, we've talked about this before. I think I think uh, Colin have, Boyd, yeah. uh, Kilwinnan mentioned something about it. Um, it's uh, it's not a new idea. I think it's something that that's been discussed way back. I think several server strollers had mentioned something about this, and this was two seasons ago, uh, maybe even more. So I'm against it. I don't believe we need another tier uh, in the bottom. I think if anything, it's a wee bit disappointing because from what I heard about the season after the Colts is we might have had an expanded. Lowland League, and that would have, for me, solved a lot of the issues with teams coming up and the lack of relegation. Because if we could have had three teams coming up until Lowland League next season and kept it at 18, I think that would have solved a lot of the issues. Yeah, definitely. Um, but because we're not going to get that anymore, I don't think Lowland League 2 is the answer. I really don't. And I think I think it's going to kind of pee off uh, the pyramid even more. Uh, if, if you're sent to the west of Scotland, or where you're not... Say, uh, say for example, Clyde Bank won the league next season and then all of a sudden the Lone League, te- uh, Lone league 2 comes about. It's like, oh, well, we're not going to put you in the Lone League. We're going to put you in the Lone League 2. I think they would be quite annoyed now they have an extra tier to jump, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I'm not for it. I, I don't think it's the right... This is, this is a problem I've had. Um, I think George has an issue. Uh, I really do believe that because I know the Lone League... We've mentioned, obviously, that the clubs won't be voting. They'll tend not to vote for more relegations to, to save themselves, if you will, for a lack of a better term. But 
something needs to be done to allow these West of Scotland, East of Scotland, potentially South of Scotland teams up. Um, and it needs more than one spot. But I don't think Lone League 2 is the answer for me. No, I totally agree with you. Um, the, the time for Lowland League 2 was a couple of years back when the West of Scotland League didn't exist because there weren't enough licensed clubs that could jump up to the Lowland League at that stage. And similar to what the West are doing now, offering that development league, it would essentially be in a development stage for teams to go and get their licence to then move up to the Lowland League. You don't need that now. The West of Scotland yep. teams are getting their licences. The East of Scotland Premier are almost fully licensed at this point. So the need for it's not there. There's plenty of teams in the South that are licensed as well. So I, the, the only reason that you'd have a Lowland League too, in my opinion, is just to try and exert more influence. And that wouldn't be doing things for the right reasons, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, just looking at it as a whole pyramid, if we're caring if we about non-league full stop, I don't think it's the right move. I don't think it adds anything to the pyramid. However, if it was a split into West and East, if that's possible, I would be for it. So yeah. there's there's different ways of looking at it, but I don't think an extra tier is the answer. And as you quite rightly say, you're basically telling West and East of Scotland clubs who have gone and shelled out their money for their licence, oh, well done, guys, but by the way, you've got an extra tier to get up now. Like, it's just, no, nah, no for me. I think the I think the idea of the West and, and the East uh, Lowland League makes a lot of sense uh, for me personally. I think that would make would give the teams at the, uh, the the top half of the, the West and top half of the East probably a chance to get up a little bit a little bit quicker probably. Yeah. Um, but I guess it depends on what the SFA say because they've also said they only want one feeder team at the per Highland one for the Lowland. But I guess for me it would only be the, the promoted team would only be would probably come from a playoff. If you win your win your league, you would come from a playoff to play the team in the East or West, vice versa. So I don't see how that really impacts the, the SFA in, in that regard. If it has got, say, 32 teams at, at Tier 5 and half of them are in the West and half of them in the East. So, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how it impacts. I'll tell you. Because what will it be a playoff between the East and West in the Lowland League? Or will it be a round-robin between the the, low, the East, the West and the Highland League? Because we've got the Highland League, it's not quite as straightforward as people think. Yeah. We would have to have more sets of playoffs. And obviously, I mean, I can just imagine it, for example, an East versus West team, then they have to play the Highland League champions and then they have to go and potentially play Club 42. Um, I mean, that's three sets of playoffs, which um, it doesn't seem like a lot. But, you know, given the fact that it's probably over a space of, what, two, three weeks, that, that is a lot of ask for any of these teams, uh, you know, over in the Lone League, I would say, over obviously the Highland League or the... Or the you know club forty two. The way around that would be to use the SPFL style of playoff with semi-finals and final. But then you'd need to convince Club Forty Two to play an extra playoff game. Um so there's always going to be these checks and balances. Um it, it is what it is. It, they might actually take that rather than an extra relegation like spot coming in, automatic relegation. But the other question is are the winners of the Highland, the Lowland West, the Lowland Least going to be happy with that, having to go through a semi-final and a final? Hmm. I don't yeah. know. But I'm I think sure long-term, a, a long-term it is the most common-sense solution to the pyramid, to have three feeder leagues into League 2 and p potentially an expanded League 2 with extra relegation spots. It would need to be the answer there. 
um, however they work it out. But that's for down the road. We, in my opinion, we need to get our own house in order first, regardless of what the SPFL do. Um, and if we get the permission to do three at this uh, tier five, I would go for it anyway because yeah. it's the right thing to do. Um, don't worry about the SPFL; that will happen eventually, and it will happen. It will come in. Let's just make sure our side of the pyramid sorted, and then we have every right to go to them and go. Well, we are fine. Look at us; we've got a really successful, really fluid system with teams going up and down. Your balls in your court now. Get it done. No, I think so. I think that's the right thing to do. And because uh, we've said it before, there's, there's plenty of teams here that, that are ready to come up and ready to challenge. So hopefully, we'll get to that point um, fairly, fairly soon. Certainly, within maybe two or three seasons, perhaps. Right, moving just, on. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say just just before we, uh, uh, I, I need to pick up a point that Moza made earlier because I disagree with him and I think he gave too much credit to one team in particular who I'm now about to uh, criticise in a sense, um, to be honest. And I know, and I'm glad you got that sort of wee uh, soundbite out uh, about Beric because it is true, and I, I do feel you were a wee bit, I, I don't want to say biased, but you, you gave one team credit for. For uh, going out to their fans, but you know, let, let's just talk about this, uh, right? So obviously, um, I, I have a few issues with with Bonnie Rig Rose's approach. Uh, I thought their statement was excellent. That goes without saying. I think uh, most of the statements that they put out are excellent. However, I think they're they forgot the you know the key key phrase. I guess uh, you know, work for yourself, but not by yourself. I feel they in some of their statements they. They, they selectively, uh, I guess, missed out a few things that they have done in the past. And one of them being, there was no mention of George Fraser helping out, uh, helping them out get into the Lone League. And, and I think they selectively forgot that. And it's not the first time. There's been a few times they've done that. Now, going into a point, uh, there was a few other things, and I think they had three statements out, um, that they mentioned. And... I just don't believe they never came up in the meeting. And I know earlier you were saying that they, they were kind of staying out because they knew what they were doing. But there were certain things in there that I think they were being a wee bit disingenuous because these are things that we talked to George about. And I just don't believe that they never came up in the meeting. And that's and I, I, thought, I think it's fair to criticise them for that because they were, in my opinion, and they weren't the only club to do this, but I thought they were overly pandering to the east of Scotland now if you look at it, they were in the east of Scotland for I think two seasons, they've been in the Lowland League for two seasons, so for me I'm thinking, well why are they so pandering, is it because they accept the decision or they're against the decision obviously in this instance they're against the decision, <clears throat> but the one thing I didn't like is I thought uh, in a sense it stabbed George in the back um, and it's okay to have concerns about these certain things. Uh, I've heard, obviously, Robbie Porn's had a few articles, and I agree with him. I have similar concerns with what he said. And it's okay to have concerns. But for me, I, I think some of the things they said were a wee bit disingenuous, the fact that they, they, certain things weren't mentioned. Uh, and to get back to your point you made earlier, they weren't the only club to reach out to their fans. And I, no. I think people came across as, oh, Bonnie Rigg doing the great thing. Berwick Rangers went out to the fans and they voted yes. Mm -hmm. Caledonian, fan, uh, Caledonian Braves reached out to the fans, they voted yes. It mm -hmm. came across as a wee bit, 
Um, certainly in their later statements, uh, statements, they came across as a sort of people's club, which I like. I totally understand. As a community club, great. But why not have a mention of Berwick and Caledonian Braves? It's a d- democracy. Because it doesn't suit people's narrative. For yeah, and that's that's why I'm criticising yes. That's why I'm um, criticising them. But also, but hold on. That's not Bonnie Riggs' fault, though. That's people who it are is. against the Colts. No, no, no. They're using Bonnie Rigg as the bastion. It's, it was their own words. Use Berwick. Derek, I disagree because it was Be- uh, Bonnie Riggs' own words from their statements, and that's why we're having this discussion. But I think not mentioning George, what they've done, and being over pandering. Is I don't think there was an excuse for that. Uh, I agree what you're saying on the Lowland side because, well, remember we basically drummed up a campaign to get them in, and it was a wee bit awkward because I felt as if Whitehill Welfare were going to hate us. They still do, I think, because um, <laughs> we were basically saying get them out of the league, get Rose in. But it was a, it was the right thing to argue for. Um, we've been consistent on that as well with Bonus. We campaigned to get them in, and they, the Lowland have proven their commitment in that way again. Teams up when they deserve to come up but yeah um, I I personally think Bonnie Rigg have handled it really well I think Berwick have handled it well that's why I mentioned them as well um, to give that contrary like perspective when they voted yes I've noticed a few conspiracy theories about going oh they've, uh, they've diddled the votes with the fans groups and that, but <laughs> they've literally dealt directly with the supporters trust to help get this over the line and they have overall voted yes as a fan base um, the one criticism you could throw at Bonnie Rigg I think would be well why have they not engaged with um, if they have sat back just listened to it and put their vote in for no why have they shouldn't have any concerns that chat? Yeah, they shouldn't have um, any concerns That's but the impression, that... the impression yeah. they gave from their statement was they basically sat on their hands let the discussion flow freely and then put the vote in because the fans have told them what to vote but the question is, was there information in there that the fans didn't have? And, and one, would that change things? And one reason also why I want to criticise them, um, and I know a lot of people will be, oh, he's only criticising them because they voted no, which is nonsense, because I would have also voted no as a fan. So the reason I'm criticising them, because I thought, um, well, obviously I've said, but I think there's this perception that we're all nicey-nicey with the, our own clubs in the Lowland League when we covered it. It's far from the truth. We've criticised Bonnie Rig before we've criticised Kelty, we've criticised East Kilbride a lot, <laughs> to be honest, for East Kilbride. But, um, and I think we'll, we'll, before we're ending, we're obviously going to have a wee it's comment coming. on East Kilbride. But um, look, it's the, the thing that I don't like about it is the fact that some people are comparing George Fraser to Neil Doncaster. And I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding here? There's been two issues which could call into question sport and integrity. And they've both been recently, and funny enough, both affected Bonnie Rigg Rose. The, this Colts proposal, which they've obviously not been for, and declaring Kelty Hearts champions this season, which I've, the argument against that is there wouldn't have been playoffs because they changed the goalposts, it had yeah. to be done. However, uh, again, we're not... We're not the Gestapo, you know. We're, we're not propaganda. We, we'll call out our own teams. I just think it was a. I was again. We, we talked about disappointment and being disappointed in people. I have a huge respect for Bonnie Rigros, despite what people think. And I and I'm actually, if we're talking a wee bit like in a, probably a few minutes, I'm going to praise them again. So um, yeah, I, I just was a wee bit disappointed that they. I thought it was relevant in what they were saying, but they failed to mention it. And there were certain things 
that I feel would have been answered uh, because we heard about them on the podcast that they had these sort of concerns over which I don't think I just can't get my head around that George would mention something on a podcast but not mention it to member clubs and they've brought something up and that's what I can't get my head around um, yeah I, I was disappointed uh, I, again go back to the fact that I thought it was an excellent statement but there was a wee bit of a few concerns in there the bit, uh, for me the bit I don't get about the Bonnie Rick situation they were saying they, they basically sat on their hand and didn't discuss it see if you felt so strongly if your fans felt so strongly about the idea of no calls why are you not getting to that meeting and trying to battle for the people that are going to vote no and try and yeah. perhaps p- persuade the other teams that are maybe havering on the fence and undecided until they, they make their vote um, I would be I mean, if that was me for example in my, in my workplace and um, I felt strongly about a situation that someone else felt differently about and there's a group of us that felt strongly on my side, we go into the battle together and make sure that we come out of that with the situation that, that suits us the best and I don't understand why they would just sit back and let it all unfold and To be fair, they could, have done that. they could have done that we're relying on one testament here, it might not be uh, accurate so it's one did, of these things Did you guys not hear what I said in the beginning? The phrase, work for yourself but not by yourself that, to me, is the issue. You know, I, the clubs are obviously doing their own thing, and but at the end of the day, you're a bigger, of a, you're a part of a bigger picture of the league. And sometimes I feel uh, Bonnie Rig, and there's other clubs as well, but Bonnie Rig seem to alienate themselves from others. Um, I think there's 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 maybe Dalbeaty Star have kind of done that a lot lately. Um, not so much with the Colts issue, but certainly you know. Uh, back when, <laughs> back when the uh, when the plane stopped, basically. But yeah, uh, I think that's that's the the, the takeaway from that. And I, I don't I don't want to criticise them, but I, I do feel they missed out relevant things to make their. Which to me, I think it diminishes their argument. If you're arguing for something and you don't mention a certain section or something that that probably was answered, but you're kind of again, I feel being disingenuous about it, then. You, you, it's not a, uh, they've not put a, a strong case forward for me basically and that's why I'm uh, taking this time to, to point that out to people Alright moving on then uh, one of the other bits of news we've seen recently is that there's nine new teams in the west of Scotland uh, we've got St Peter's Hart Hill Harmony Row Kilsyth Athletic Finart Glenville Campbelltown Pupils Westerton United and Broomhill Sports Club um, so great to see teams, um, new teams join the West. They're also putting the, this kind of development league at what they're calling, I think, Division Four, uh, where teams maybe not quite got the the kind of the criteria, ground criteria and stuff like that in place for um, playing the West of Scotland. But it gives them a chance to do to do that and kind of give them a couple of years to potentially go out and do that. So I think a great move by the the West um, West Scotland board and uh, it brings some teams in because some of those teams are the good kind of youth setups they've got. A good pathway of, of, of kids coming through and stuff like that. So, um, very, very interested to see how that develops. I think it's fantastic. I think it's one of the best things that's happened in the last couple of years, pyramid wise, because, like I, I went into it earlier on, you're given that stepping stone for armies into the leagues now. And that is the final bit of a fully functioning pyramid. And we've only just got pretty much every area of Scotland covered now in the pyramid. If every league can get that step at the bottom line, uh, bottom level. And I fully expect these to follow suit now, to be honest. Um, it, it just, it's common sense, again. But it's great because 
clubs like St Peter's, I'm very, very interested to see how they do. Seem to have everything ready to rumble. Seem pretty switched on guys behind the scenes. Um, obviously, Hart Hill's slightly different. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just a, a positive step to get more inclusion and more representation in the, the leagues. And it's I've only got good things to say about it. It goes um it goes against sport integrity because um <laughs> the, mem- the member votes didn't get a vote and uh, I'd seen a few people saying, Oh, why didn't the member clubs get a, a vote and stuff like that? I honestly think it's a good thing and uh to be honest, I, I don't know the, the background but I, I, it just shows it just comes to a point where I think people argue anything on Twitter just for the sake of an argument. <laughs> I mean, how can you be mad about Harmony Row and these teams coming in? I know they're only, I think, associate members and stuff like that, yeah. but yeah, I, I, think it's a, I think it's a good move as well. And, and it's good to see a development type um, division within the West of Scotland. I think I think they, they already sort of exist in the East of Scotland, uh, to be honest, uh, with certain clubs, but um, I, I'm for it. Uh, but I, I, I did think it was a wee bit funny how suddenly the West of Scotland was then getting a wee bit of stick from from the back of this. But I mean, it's just mental how what people say on social media and get angry about. I think. Let's face it, we're all excited for Campbell Town away, man. That's going to be someday out that. The amount of times that we kind of put a wee nod and a wink towards them coming in <laughs> is everyone seemed to think we were talking about Oban. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, don't get me wrong. Open if you're watching, please join next year. Please, um, Ross say as well. But I mean, I, 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 we'll need to get a day out of Campbellton at some point, won't we? I mean, that's the thing we mentioned, Open and, and um, Ross, etc. The other things that Brandy and Bills are mean, so mm-hmm. and, uh, who knows, man? Like that, that bottom tier of the, the west of uh, Scotland is, is right there for them to, to come in if they want to, to come in and, and become a West Scotland team. There's nothing stopping them now, so um. Man, we're all for good away days, so let's um, let's get. I'm still. I was actually looking on the map today, trying to work out how you get to Campbelltown for a away yeah, yeah. day. But it turns out, yeah, I can get a boat for my drawing, so that'll be <laughs> that'll be that'll be interesting. One I mean, to keep uh, an eye on in terms of next year. I'd imagine Glasgow Wellington might be having a wee yeah. look at a kind of progressive social media driven club like that. Which that's a perfect natural next step for Hundred percent. Right, okay, let's get talking about the actual football in the park. Um, one of the, the games, Muzzle, you were at it on Saturday, Kelly uh, against Brora. Uh, Kelly winning 4 1 uh, and went through to the, the playoff with League Two uh, on 6 1. How was your game? Aye, it was good. There's not much to say, to be honest. It was a horrendous day weather wise. Um, <laughs> God love the folk that were standing in the school, absolutely drenched watching <laughs> for there, but. Um, no comment. Kel- Kelty were just quite happy to stay compact hitting the break. The game changed when Brora scored because suddenly Kelty get a kick up the arse. Within two minutes, ball over the top, Nathan Austin 1-1, one, one, game over. Essentially, because that knocked a lot of the stuff in it at Brora at that point. And Kelty just, they never really got a second gear, but they had more than enough. I'm genuinely very surprised that there was that much between the sides because we'd built it up as one of the closest playoffs it was going to be but there's a few things Um, Brora only travelled down by car on the day Kelty did it by staying overnight the game game before sorry the night before I should say Um, so I feel like Kelty's prep was probably better for it Um, they've obviously played more games as well Brora's only had the 
a few games plus a couple of cup games. Um, but ultimately, I think Kelty have had great prep now for the breaking games coming up, and I fully expect them to go and win over the two legs and become an SPFL club. I was uh, I was quite disappointed in Brora, and I think the manager was too. Uh, yeah. I, I did read an article basically said we've played Stranraer, we've played Kelty, uh, we're still far away uh, given the results. I don't think they played that bad. I I just think they they weren't clinical enough. It's like there were some chances they had, especially the first game, but they just it's like they didn't have their shooting boots on. It's like they were mm. missing that something in the final third Sharpness. up front. Yeah, they're missing And I don't think there is much. I thought the the manager. Uh, I can't remember his name, unfortunately, but the Brewer manager was, I think he was right, but I, I, I still don't believe they're that far away. I just think because of the circumstances, uh, they weren't, like you said, Moza, uh, that as Matt Sharp. And I was actually surprised at how Matt Sharp uh, Kelly were compared to, yeah. to Brewer. And I think that, for me, that was the difference. Uh, and both teams, it's not like both teams don't know how to win, certainly. So I, I think they're... Whatever Kelly were doing in terms of getting their match fitness ready before the game, I think it was probably a wee bit better in, uh, for uh, than Brora's, I guess, uh, given how both teams played and, and the result. I mean, let's not beat around the bush. That's not a hedge pun, by the way. Um, there's two big differences, and there's a reason that Kelty are the favourites, and it's Austin and Easton. And mm-hmm. the, the two of them could easily be League One level. The fact that Austin went on loan to League One level and scored goals again before he came back to Kelty. Um, that's uh, the big, big difference um, between Kelty and other sides of this. Ill. Yeah, I agree. I, I've not seen a lot of Kelty play, but I certainly watched both the games and uh, Tuesday and, and Saturday, and I felt like that about Austin and Easton. Absolute Austin's a cheat code as far as I'm concerned. He's um, unreal. Absolutely, that's like, unreal. Uh, Easton, very similar, great player. I'm very, very impressed with what I've seen, and I'm sure they'll, they'll do well against Breakin. I don't expect them to be. Uh, I think it'll be closer, certainly, but I think um, I still think Breakin will. Uh, sorry, Kelly will, will still win that game easily and, and probably go into that league too and, and be quite competitive uh, next season. All right, next topic of agenda is BSC. Uh, new manager, uh, Martin Hardy, come in place on, on Saturday. Mother, how do you feel? Uh, pretty happy to be honest um, from the discussion I had with George about uh, Martin it seems that I'm, he's a pretty positive guy who's got a very similar mindset to what Swifty had in terms of the style of football he wants to play, the culture he wants to build and I think we needed that continuity there so I'm happy with that we've just announced Xander Diamond as the assistant manager as well um, Martin and Xander are related um, so they're well aware of each other already uh, I know Xander actually interviewed for the main job, but he's he's happy to come in as number two at this point and building his experience. So it, it's going to come down to the squad ultimately because we're losing five bodies to Stenhouse Muir. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say names, so I'll not say names. Yeah, um, so <laughs> our, um, our squad is getting weakened considerably, and it'll it'll come down to who stays around and who gets brought in. Um, and we'll see what happens in that front but that'll be the big difference between whether we're able to get in the, the hunt again and not necessarily to win the league but to challenge um, or whether we're going to go back down to mid-table which is where, what we were before Swifty came in a lot of people forget that um, we were 
seventh, eighth place generally. So, and we do have a South Challenge Cup game, a final still to play at some point for two years ago when that comes in. But um, we'll we'll see we'll see what um, we'll see how the recruitment goes because it's not actually that long when you look at it until the season comes through. So we've got two months to get moving. Yeah, certainly what a squad building required, isn't there? The fact that you had a few guys in loan from, from West Scotland teams who obviously made that team a lot better for, for having yeah. those guys in the squad as well. So you've got those guys to replace, plus the guys that you're probably going to lose. Um, anyway, obviously, you're from your defence, Ross Smith has joined my team, uh, Colin Rangers. Yes. So um, yes. I'm looking forward to seeing Ross. and uh, I've only ever heard great things about him and I'm looking forward to I had a quick chat with him last week and uh, seems like a really nice guy and really up for it in terms of what we're doing here at co-winning so I'm excited to see what Ross does but there'll be more guys I presume going out the door as well so Martin, Martin Harley's got a big job in his hands to, to build that squad for the new season It'll be interesting to see how he does it um, kind of the blender youth experience because um, we've generally done really well with that balance the last few years um, we've still got guys that I don't know if they're going to still be with us like Sandy Gagan for example Martin Green came back to us um, so we've still got those experienced heads that may or may not hang around for another season we'll wait and see how uh, how Martin approaches it but Ross Smith's a cracking signing for Cowan he's the, one of the most honest defenders you're going to find he's a good lad as well um, and to be fair I can understand why he's gone because he's got a bit of security he's, um, is it three years that he's basically committed to the buff so um, he's a He's done done the right thing by him, and good luck to him because he's a great lad. He, he'll do well for you. I don't uh, I don't know much about Hardy to be honest, um, but I think Xander Diamond's an interesting one because he what well, you were saying about experience in youth. Obviously, he was a youth coach mm-hmm. at Queens Park for, uh, for eighteen months before this, so that sort of interests me. Um, but yeah, it was a bit of a, a when I first looked at it, it was Xander like, Diamond. I've not heard heard of him in ages, probably since he was. Last playing at Aberdeen or something, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, long, totally. but I was, yeah, it caught me off guard a wee bit with that with that appointment. But final topic then of the of the evening, uh, East Kilbride. We've seen a few comings and goings. East Kilbride, Chris. Yeah, a, a lot of the, I guess the old guard, if you want to call them, that, leaving. Uh, Matt McGinley, Paul Woods left recently. Obviously, before that, we had uh, Sean Winter. I, I I do feel a wee bit kind of sorry for these guys because these are guys that, that I think Paul Woods um, spoke to Paul Thompson and there was an article out basically he wanted to finish his career at East Kilbride I don't think Paul Woods was getting I don't think he was first team anymore but I do think it's quite important to have these sort of players that will run through walls for you that are part and souls of your team whether or not you think they're, they're good enough if you, if you know for lack of a better term I do think Paul Woods still has some merit uh, and ability. I think he will get offers. But I, I do question the approach by Stephen Aitken um, by letting some of these guys go because, and this is where I'm going to praise Bonnie Rigg, I think Bonnie Rigg have the right idea where you do need certain players like Dean Brett, uh, well, Don, Jonathan Brown's uh, sadly retired now, but you, them sort of players that will give their heart and soul to the club, that want to play for the club. It's more than, uh, and I'm not, Denying the commitment of some of the guys that have joined East Kilbride, but um, yeah, you, you want guys that the workhorses uh, rather than the mercenaries. 
Uh, I would say, I mean, you want guys that care about the club more than the wages uh, for, again, a lack of a better term. So I would question him on that. I would I would question the, the approach by East Kilbride at the moment. It's a curious one because he's clearly still good enough to play at this level. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see him pitch up with us or it, for us to at least make an offer to him. Um, but it feels like a wee bit of the soul East Kilbride's gone with Sean Winter, we would say, with Matt McGinley, these kind of guys haven't moved on because these were the guys that were a major part of them being so successful a few years back. Um, kind of even looking back to the Martin Laughlin days, those kind of things. But yeah, he's he's clearly got players in mind if he's letting somebody like Paul Woods walk um, and the full knowledge that he could pitch up somewhere else and sign somewhere else. So I'm very intrigued to see what East Kilbride's squad's going to look like, whether they're going to rely again on bringing in guys who are older, experienced pros, which they relied on uh, last year. Because um, it didn't always work out. You look at Craig Reed, who didn't hang about very long before he moved on um, to Kelty and so on. So we'll, we'll see if they change tact a wee bit and maybe go a bit younger squad wise this time. Um, which, on the face of it, this kind of looks like what they might be looking to do. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, they'll be looking to, to challenge next season and get that promotion spot. Um, for getting to the playoffs certainly so you'd imagine they must have something on their sleeve in terms of players yeah. I, would, I wouldn't imagine they're letting these kind of guys go without having presumably better players because I think that's, that'll be important for me you don't want to just bring in people that are going to fill your debt, you want to have guys that are going to improve your team and then they just really need to improve so they must have something on the line so we'll be The fact they never even made them an offer I think yeah. is very interesting Unless they're skin, I guess that's the other thing, isn't it? Unless they're skin and they're that's going true. with we'll, a, We won't know that until the season right. starts after they've got 15 bodies. Well, that's it. So, <laughs> well, watch this space and we'll keep you updated if anything, anything does change. But, I mean, that's pretty much it for this week um, on the official catch-up. Um, if you want to catch Moza, Moza, where do they find you? At Moza Plays on Twitter and you'll find me everywhere else through that. Um, aye, that's the easiest way to do it, Chris. Uh, at Rampant FM, please don't send me square go abuse unless unless you do want to meet in uh, a, a, a time no, and place. I guess. No. Um, nah, I shouldn't say that to be honest, because it will be so. <laughs> I was going to say you're just encouraging it. Um, technically, yeah. the only person that hasn't had is Ben. So, I, well, I'll do Ben for you. I'll create a fake account today, and then I'll send you some abuse. <laughs> no, I'm like, uh, yeah, you think you're buff, do you? <laughs> I don't even know if he's just froze there, but he seems to. I think his camera's this. froze, but it's froze <laughs> at a perfect, perfect point. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, you can get me at Rampant FM or uh, the official catch ups at official catch up or Lowland League catch up on Facebook and yeah, Google. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still laughing at Ben's uh, camera. Frozen picture is it's glorious, isn't it? And you can find um, Ben Grant at Mr. Ben Grant because I don't know if he'll be back, but yeah, we'll. <laughs> Obviously, a shout out to our sponsors, the Soccer Shop Direct. For all your sportswear, teamwear, and equipment needs, especially now that, albeit not in Glasgow or Moray, the um, football is properly back. So, with that, we'll bid you farewell and behave yourselves for Christ's sake. We'll see you next time.